What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grind Line Podcast. You are listening to episode 82 and I am here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. So we've got both the guys in tonight. How are you guys doing? Fucking miserable. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I'm saying. T- Tyler? <laughs> I am doing okay. My manager just got fired for something that he did or didn't do. So, um, Sweet. yeah, that's, that's awkward. That's always good. But uh, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, this game really sucks that we're watching right now. They are, they are so terrible, it's not even funny. But, um, you know, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Could you consider what's happening currently in a, a game? Because I don't know. I don't think no. I could consider it a game what's currently Let, happening let's just give some background we're watching the shit show that is the islanders game right now um and it's currently after two periods six to one and there's nothing good that has come from this game literally nope nothing at all yeah it's philip heronic scored that's the only good thing about this entire game i mean i'll, I'll give it to you but oof. But I mean, Philip Hronik has been one of our better players this entire this entire season. I mean, one of the only good players has been Philip Hronik. So, no, yeah, easily. So it's ninth goal of the year. That's big. How yeah. many points does he have right now? I don't have it pulled up. I don't have his points pulled up, but I do have his goals pulled up, and that's number nine. Phil He's Pronick, got twenty six points. Yeah, it'll be twenty six points tonight. Um, but tonight, I mean, we only have a couple things to talk about since not a lot is going on in Red Wings land. Um, but I think the one thing we want to really get into a little bit tonight, since we are heading toward February, is the trade deadline. But if we just want to start with, I guess, we'll get it all out in the open uh, about how terrible this team is. Uh, and then we can end the night with trade deadline stuff. So I, so if you guys have watched, did you watch the Iserman um, interview he did with Ken Cal? It was released while I was at Drill, and I haven't had a chance to get back to it. Yeah, so Iserman did uh, an interview with Ken Cal where he talked kind of about the state of the team, and Ken Cal asked about trade deadline. Are you going to be buyers or sellers? If he would have said buyers, I would have thrown my phone at the wall or something. But uh, he said that they want to get draft picks. They would love to get prospects. Um, but they understand kind of, I guess, the state of, of where we're at and the pieces we have to trade. Um, but that's he would love to trade people to get to get pieces. Now, we're going to get into trade deadline, but I guess going into it is the pieces that you wanted to trade really have not helped themselves by upping their trade value at all. In fact, they've gotten worse. So your big trade pieces uh, are guys like Jimmy Howard and guys like Mike Green. <laughs> and those are your those are part of the reasons right now. And I'm not I can't put today's game on Jimmy and I can't put a lot on Jimmy because of the defense. No, but you can put a little bit on it because two of those first four first three, I'm sorry, were not that good. No, but that's, that's but part of the thing is Mike the Green team. also decided to just have him dead. Yeah. So the whole team is bad and not the whole team but 90 percent of the team is bad and i mean just you go man i hope we can trade mike green and at least maybe get a mid-round pick and then mike green picks up the puck and just falls down and lays into the boards and and gets coughs it up and then there's another goal so it's just how bad the team is is that 
Howard got pulled, what, eight shots on net, ten, eight minutes no, into the game? Th- three goals on six shots. It was bad because those first two were within, what, 45, 50 seconds apart. Mm-hmm. And then three and a half minutes later, they scored again. And bye-bye. Yeah, so, and then there's people blowing up like, oh, my God, uh, wave Howard. Howard sucks. Got to You can't even trade him. Why is he here? Get rid of him. But it's like, one, do you not realize that his contract is up at the end of the season? I think a lot of people are actually forgetting that point, to be quite honest with Um, Because someone I saw made a comment along those lines of, how do you even get rid of that contract? I'm just like, you just wait 40 more games. Yeah, you wait wait till the end of the season. But it's like, you can't blame it all on Jimmy Howard because we have a defenseman in Philip Ronick. And then I, I tweeted about this a little bit ago. Is Madison Bowie good or bad? Like, no idea. It, it, there's some, like, was it last game where he just played a phenomenal game, like start to finish, scored a goal, looked really good, and then, like, today completely shits the bed and uh, does uh, turns over the puck, doesn't block the, the goal scorers, the guys you're supposed to be blocking. So he can't figure out if he's good or bad, and I think that's a big issue. But we've got no defense i mean philip Pronick's your defenseman mike green has been absolutely awful this season trevor daly's dead jonathan erickson sucks um alex biega sucks i mean he tried to fight brock nelson couldn't even do that it was a so, cute attempt though yeah so i mean huh. it's just the state of the team and we played a couple good games and we won a couple games and we're like oh man we might I mean, not salvage the season, but might not completely embarrass ourselves going forward. And mm-hmm. then you come out against the Islanders like this, and I mean, 100% just don't even play hockey. Like, I can't even consider what they're doing playing hockey at this point, because it's, it's nothing. They're laying down for the Islanders. To mean, to the Islanders' credit, yes, they've been one of the more exciting teams, I guess you could say, to watch this season. But... I, there's really not much more you can really say about this Red Wings team that hasn't already been said by us it, several times it, it, because the, the horse is dead. I think we've actually killed, you know, uh, five horses by now. We have a field of dead minutes. horses. Yeah, it's pretty much a slaughterhouse at this point. We're making glue. So it, it, I, I just don't even know. I don't know where to begin. And I keep seeing the why is Blash will not fired comments. I agree. Why not? But I can't be convinced right now that making that move changes anything. It doesn't. There's, no. They're 12 points out of dead last, meaning they are dead last. Next worst team is 12 points ahead of them. And just that aspect alone is just mind-blowing. It's, like, How? It's not firing, like we said, firing Blaschel is not going to fix anything. It's not going to make the team better. It's not going to have like, oh, and people will say, well, the Maple Leafs fired Babcock and look how good they are now. We're nowhere close to even being in the same sentence as the Maple Leafs as far as the talent on the team goes. Like, stop comparing it to other teams because it's not. So you're if you were to fire Blaschel right now, they'd put Dan Bilesma in charge Dan Bilesma is in charge for one of the worst power plays in the league. And it's it's not going to change anything because it's the horrible level of talent that's on the team when your only good players are Fabry, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Zadina, and uh, Hronik. 
Who else is is well Mantha too but and he's Mantha, not but he's injured. Right now. But who else is above average? Who else is even average? Like you might say, okay, maybe Patrick Nemeth is a average defenseman. He's not Helm, offensive. Helm and Glendenny have fit into that perfectly. They've done. They have fit to their role this season, like usual. So yep. Glendenning is an average. I mean, I would say Glendenning is a maybe slightly above average fourth liner. He's a very good defensive player. He's a mm-hmm. very good at faceoffs. He does what he's supposed to do, but he's not someone you're going to rely on to try and win you a game. Um, Helm, I, I mean, I can't really say anything about Darren Helm. He his decent wheels his hands blow um he's pretty stone hands yeah but again he's a good fourth line i guess defensive player like for me if you were to roll next year a fourth line my fourth line would probably be darren helm uh luke glendening giovanni smith that's probably my fourth line next year but yeah and that's a good fourth line. I mean, Smith. I'm fine with that. Exactly. I mean, Helm will score on the off chance. Glenn Denning is, he can score. Giovanni Smith has shown some good fight in front of the net, a good defensive presence, and he's shown a scoring touch in Grand Rapids. But that's better than any line with Christopher N and Justin Ablocator on it. So that's my other big problem with this team is Justin Ablocator. I have for so long spoke about not buying out players like Advocator and Nielsen. Advocator's got to go. It's like he was out there. I watched for a, a shift with, uh, with Dylan Larkin. Larkin's in the zone. Larkin's going back in beautiful pass to Advocator. He gets taken out by a bump, gets the puck stolen from him and it goes the other way. Like he can't even take a hit with and protect the puck. Did you see the, the beautiful uh, commentary from Marty Baron? No, he pretty much, it was uh, the game over the weekend against Buffalo where Advil Cater and Zadina kind of looked like there might have been a miscommunication, but Advil Cater came out like he was going to play a guy at the top of the left circle. Mm-hmm. And he just all of a sudden turned tail and went back to the guy that he should have been on in the first place in front of the net, grabbed onto the guy in front of the net, and the other guy that he bailed from just walked right in and it led to an immediate goal the tweets out there and it's just one of those that furthers the point of what is it that you say you do here yeah exactly and and you're making over four million dollars a year like it's Uh, it's insane how much money he's making to to plug in and do absolutely nothing and it's same with nielsen same with nielsen and those are just and people will say oh we've got the talent on the team or or we suck. No. We suck because Blashell's a bad coach. Or we suck no. because of Jimmy Howard. No, we suck because. I want a Wojo right now. No. <laughs> we suck because Ken no. Holland. Ken Holland signed some absolutely terrible contracts based on what he hoped people would do instead of what they've actually done, and mm-hmm. that's that's the biggest problem. You cannot sign a. I hope you do good contract because they always bite you in the ass. Most of the damn roster right now. So what Abby's got two, three years left three and Nielsen has two. No, or is it the other way around? So it's four and three. Hold on. I've got pulled up right in front of me. Nielsen goes through the 22 season end of the 22 advocators through end of 23. So including this year, there's three more four total years after this year, three and two. So, I mean, it's, if you buy out Justin Ablocator, I you, and it sucks because you're gonna stretch it further than you need to, but I think at this point you you've got to do it because you cannot run into next year with Justin Ablocator on the roster. 
I mean, you you know, wave them and send them to to Grand Rapids. I mean, do you think there's anyone that will be out there that is going to be so low on the um, the cap that they're going to need bodies with, with to fill? No, because that team is normally Arizona, and they're actually good. Do you think then that Detroit will pay Seattle a pick or two to take him? I I mean, if I'm Seattle, I'm not taking him. I wouldn't either. Because I'm not starting my franchise with Justin Abdicator. Like, that's terrible. Because that when's the when's the expansion draft after 2021? After next season, yes. So yeah, so that would be two years that he would be on their books at four and a quarter mil. But here's the thing with the with the expansion draft, Seattle's taking a garbage player from us because all of our good prospects are like draft protected. Yeah, they're unavailable, and the, everyone that we have that's worth a damn won't be available. Honestly, what they might end up doing is they might end up taking Joe Hicketts, honestly, or or, or Dylan McElrath, or whoever is signed and in, in has played NHL games and is in the AHL, like how Vegas took Nosek. They might do that. But if you were to going now, if you were to buy out Justin Applicator, you would be paying him for six more years. Mm. Um, you now you'd be saving three million dollars and a roster spot. But after 2022-23, his cap hit would only be one million five one million fifty five thousand five hundred and fifty six dollars a year, which honestly, with the way our cap situation is going to be, is nothing. So, yeah, in perspective, it's it's not too bad, especially after next season, if that the TV deal does in fact make the cap rise significantly. Yeah, that way is it's it's bearable. But even to that point that you're talking about, though, yes, they'll have the flexibility because of contracts that are falling off, but they still got all these guys that they're going to have to likely resign. Well, I yeah, but here's how I'm looking at it. Um, and it also depends on what they sign Burton Mantha to. Here's here's how I'm gonna look at it though. So Stephen Weiss's uh contract, the last year of that is 2020-21. That's uh one million six hundred and sixty six thousand six hundred and sixty seven dollars. So, and uh Franzen is up uh, at the end of this season. So Correct. you're saving for, uh four million in Franzen almost. You would be saving that Weiss money in 2021-22. You would just throw Abdulkader on there. Ulet, this is the last year of Ulet's buyout. So which really like minimal though. Two hundred thousand dollars, which you're putting on Justin Abdulkader. He would be your only buyout in the 2021-22 season, and you would have no LTIR because both Hank and Franzen would be off in 2021-22. So because yeah, Hank is next season, right? Uh, falls off. 2021-22. He's a UFA. So, I I mean, I'm going to go with buy out Justin Abdicator, and sure, you're going to pay him to like 20, 24, 25, or 25, 26, but at that point, you've got no more LTIR, and you've got really no one on buyout, and it's going to only affect you by a little over a million dollars on your cap when we're going to have a ton of space anyways. So, I'm I'm all for buying him out. I'm all for maybe possibly buying out both him and Nielsen, depending on, I guess, how Joe Valeno looks this summer. But I just can't go into next season with them. No way. No, no. Justin Abdelkader has three points this year in 29 games. And they're Pecorine all probably Pecorine, <laughs> the goaltender for the Nashville Predators, who's probably a Hall of Famer at this point, 
has more goals than Justin Abdelkader. That is pathetic. A goalie should wow. never have more goals than you. What is he doing on this team? Fill in a what spot. Does he do for... uh, no, 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 no. Hold on for a second. Hold on. What does he do for this team? I don't understand. He doesn't do anything offensively. He's not good defensively. He gets knocked off the puck, and he's, what, 6'2"? Yeah. He was supposed to be a big body. He doesn't even fight guy, anymore either. He doesn't fight anymore. He's not physical anymore. Does he give a shit? That's my question. No, I'm he's... watching him on this shift right now, and he's literally just skating around the ice. He'll touch somebody, and then he just keeps skating in circles all over the place right now. He's collecting a paycheck. That's what he's doing at I this mean, point. Good for yeah, him that's, that's in that fun. sense. I mean, good like for him. And right, Ryan, good for him in that sense. But like at the same time, don't you have pride? You play for the, the team that you grew up cheering for. You know, like, don't you have some sense of pride that like maybe you should give a shit? You're making four point whatever million a year. Like, I, I, I'm I not going to go maybe, as far to question the pride, but you maybe he's think just not that good anymore. Do. How about that? Maybe maybe he was he was playing with Datsuk and, and Zetterberg and that like really elevated his game it and did. he got paid. And exactly now he doesn't really care. And he's just not that good anymore. So I mean, he was overpaid. So here's the thing. If you were to buy out both uh, Justin Abdelkader and Franz Nielsen, your cap past 2022-23 is only going to be affected by about $1.7 million. So I think I'm taking both the buyouts. You think you think you do that? I, I mean, right now, um, if you go into next year and you bought out Nielsen... Uh, he would cost you three point four million. Right, on the he's, cap. he's heavy at the start for the first two. For the first two, but then it only drops to six hundred and sixty-six thousand six hundred and sixty-seven dollars. And it's not like it would be an impact on what they're currently at in regards to trying to give out contracts either. Exactly. So I mean, initially being against the buyouts because I I'm always against the buyout as a first option because. Generally, you can just stick with how mediocre the player is and just suck it up until their contract's over. I can't do another three years of Nielsen and another like four years of Applicator because it's I mean, it with the rookies that are going to be coming up with the the guys in Grand Rapids who could outperform them on a nightly basis without even trying for guys in freaking Toledo that could outperform them on a daily basis without even trying. It's just not worth having them in your lineup to sit there and do next to absolutely nothing. And I'm, I guess I'm just over it at this point to where I say, yeah, buy them out this summer, just buy out both of them and, and free up those two spots, plug Rasmussen in Rasmussen cannot do any worse than, than you Nielsen. Give me, give me him in Zadina or uh, Valino. I'm in now Valeno, yep, me too. Valeno. I'm, I still want to see how he does in the last half of the Griffin season and how he oh, does totally. this summer. I, I, I'm not talking about this year. I'm, I think that, sorry, finish your point. I'll no, I mean, even next, even next year, because it, I want his first half a season has not been super impressive. It's been mm-hmm. good, but not super impressive. And I want to see him finish strong. I want to see him have a good summer and I want to see him kick ass in camp. But I mean, to plug it's in, no, there's no need to force it. No, but to plug in, to make Rasmussen your third-line center and to make Valeno your second-line center and you could just plop Philpola on the third line, I mean, it's... And then depending on what happens, if we draft Byfield, Byfield will probably take another year in junior. And I don't... I just don't understand how you could go past this year keeping both 
Nielsen and Abdicator on the team. I just I don't think you can. I don't think you can either. It, it's I don't in, think it's you embarrassing. Can bring Jeff Lashell back next year either. I don't I don't think that's in play. I just you can't sell that to the fan base that being this bad is okay. But it's not his fault. That's the whole thing. I don't care if it's his fault or not. Somebody has to take the blame for it, and it's going to be him. There's no way you can bring him back next year. No way. Honestly, the person that should take the blame for the team being this bad is Ken Holland, and he doesn't have to because he's in Edmonton. He's in Edmonton, so somebody has to be the scapegoat, and it's got to be Jeff Blaschel at this point. I mean, Uh, there's no way another coach can come in and be worse. Well, no, they can. That's that's an argument a lot of people are trying to make. And could the performance could the performance be worse? No. But could the attitude of the players and the attitude in the locker room be worse? Absolutely. You could turn into an Ottawa situation where your team is completely toxic and no one wants to be there and no one wants to play for the coach and no one wants to like get along or anything. And you could have what Ottawa had last summer. And it's Yeah, but this is Steve Eisenman. He's gonna pick the right guy. Well right. But, but that's the whole thing. To, it's your guy who who's to say is the right guy right now. You don't we don't know. I mean you can go after one of the guys that just got fired, but what is Peter Laviolette gonna do to this team? Nothing. Peter Laviolette Peter Laviolette makes does what I mean, obviously we don't have the skill level of the Islanders, but I or think Peter, Peter, Peter Laviolette brings structure um, to this team. Now, obviously, you have to be at least competent, but They're they not. would play a lot harder, I believe. And their defense wouldn't be wouldn't be good. I'm not saying it would be good, but the structure would be much better. You wouldn't see guys running around in two guys in the corner and and you know two on ones every other minute. There wouldn't be that much of chaos out there see I'll I'll buy that there, would, the there would be a lot more it. structure there well, would be, there would be... well the uh, thing is is that is that peter laviolette is bad for any kind of team that wants offense and yes the problem is is that our team with secondary scoring and offensively look at the score is seven to one one goal our team is terrible offensively now, sure, you think you're not beefing up the defense very much with who we have on defense, but your Peter Laviolette does not help the team offensively at all. And I think Micah uh, actually posted it when Laviolette got fired. He's one of the worst coaches in the league if you want offensive production on your team. He's a defense-first coach. So the yeah, prob- you got to keep the puck out of the net before you can go and score. Well, you have to score. That's the other half of it, and we're not. Can't even do I that. mean, his Philly team scored, though. I mean, I'm go. We're, this is going off of what he has done in his recent coaching tenure with the Predators, is where he has made them a defensive first team. And basically, Mike has said if they had a different coach, that they probably should be way closer to an actual like contender than they are. It's just he was holding back the offense. So it's... I, I wouldn't take Laviolette. My whole thing is I wouldn't take any current coach that's out there. I'm stopping the coaching carousel. I'm grabbing someone from a foreign league. I'm grabbing someone from college. I'm grabbing someone from somewhere else because I'm done recycling the same systems that have been in the league for the past, like, 20 years. It's just – Jim it's, Montgomery would be a good one if he can get his act no, together. No, there's Jim Montgomery – the Red Wings would never hire him because that's not the kind of, of person they would put in place. 
Um, yeah, I don't think they would get, they wouldn't take that risk or put no. anybody in that that's had that situation going no. on. Yeah, the Red now, the Red Wings are not the Grant, kind of team that are saying I'm putting a former alcoholic in charge of the team. No, I mean Grant. Now the McCarty situation, you could try to, or and a few of the guys, you could try to say that oh, Eiserman's played, been through it, and things of that nature. It's not. I don't think it'd be the same situation at all. No. I think it's going to be a name when when it's all said and done. It's not going to be a a person that we've never heard of before. It's going to be a name. I'm hoping Who'd... not. I mean, I was hoping for someone like a Ricard Gromborg, who's the Swedish national team sweet? coach. Is that the dude with the beard and the sweet stash? Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's Zetterberg's <laughs> dad. I mean, he's a and he, but he's a hell of a coach, and I think you need someone in the league with new ideas and with a fresh take on stuff. Because if you think about it, you've got to be even in those. The Swedish league is is not a a, a bum league. It's it's a, a a very high quality league. And he he right now I think he's he's coaching I think in the Swiss league for Zurich, the Lions. Um, but he's the national he's the national team coach, mm-hmm. and that team's won gold. They've won silver. They're an amazing team. And I think he he can bring it. He can bring the a, a different kind of I guess offensive style of play. And I I think you need to get someone from outside the system. I don't think you can just keep recycling the same old coaches over and over again because it doesn't really advance the game very much. I wouldn't be against it. I'll tell you that. I mean, I wouldn't be against it either. Or is it to say that you're now on team anyone but Blashell? Yes. At this point, I am. Yep. I mean, yep. I'm not. Like I like I've said before, because you know I the team's gonna do, be bad next year. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Nothing will save this this roster. That's why you saw the signings that he did for two years, because he knows at that point that's where everything is pretty much off the books, and this team will officially be his. Yeah. So, yep. yes, the I mean they're getting the top four pick. Got that no matter what, which is oh. fantastic, and they need, but. Next year is still as equally painful as this game. Yeah. So I hope then, not because if that if the, the coaching change happens, they make a few uh, roster adjustments. I mean, this defense is going to be night and day different. So that right there will already either speak to or against what they could end up doing. But there's a couple variables that I think they won't be as bad. I think we're going to go on to how what we might be able to do, I guess, to offload some of the people at the trade deadline. Now, I saw an article earlier, and I don't know if it was from, um, I think it was from Wings Nation, that was kind of like what the best case scenarios were for, for trading. And I saw they they say that the top two trade targets would probably be, and I mean, I guess aside from Athanasiu, would be Darren Helm and would be Luke Glendening, um, which to me, I guess, makes sense because they're two guys, like we said earlier, that are decent at, at what they're supposed to do. I mean, Luke Glendening is good at what he's supposed to do. Darren Helm is decent at what he's supposed to do. And uh, you, of course, would have to eat some salary probably on Helm's contract. But do it. But I guess what what would be your guys's moves at the, at the trade deadline? And, and what are you expecting as a return? See, this is difficult for me. Uh, I don't know how much you've thought about it, Tyler, but not a I lot mean, to be honest. Last, with you. last <laughs> year, I think the biggest opportunity was missed by not trading Athens. 
Or Mike Green. Uh, the way hit. Or Mike well, Green. Well, the Green one I understand because of his craziness that was going on with his virus and all that. So that one at the time we didn't know, and then when it came out, it made a lot more sense why no trade took place because I mean that would would have been pretty much a dick move, um, and he couldn't play anyways. But Double A, not getting rid of him last year, knowing the state of the team, was a huge failure in my opinion. And now with where they're at and the fact that he has not stayed healthy this season, he, his production is down. He, I know we hate it with all that is high and mighty. He has the worst plus minus in the NHL, and it's not even – well, the closest point is, I think, Philpola on the same team, so it doesn't really count. But he is out there in bad situations. He, we've beaten this horse as well about not playing defense. He just – tries to do too much. I mean, when he's out there with other skilled players, it still looks like he can make something happen, but then he forces it and it all goes to shit. So there's, that was the best chance. He probably still is their best chance. Um, and even then, if they were to somehow get a second, I'd be amazed. I think the best bet you get for him is maybe a third, but that could be a stretch at this point, depending on when he finally comes back and how he performs in the next what month and a half or so outside of that. I mean, you mentioned Helm and Glendinning. Yeah, they can get something for those guys at the at the most. If you're lucky and a team's desperate, you're going to get a third. I doubt that. You're probably getting a fourth-round pick there from one of those guys, and you're not getting a player back in return. AA can at least maybe get you a pick and a player or prospect. But other than that, their defense has been god-awful. Daly can't stay healthy again. Green, this game tonight, sums up his entire season. I don't know how you can even trade that. Jimmy Howard, who, again, probably is another guy they should have traded last season when he was hot, is now the worst goaltender in all of hockey. Bernier is, again, hurt, so you don't know how he's going to come back. Everyone that they have that's tradable is dead. Yep. And then the only other person that you could even remotely think about, which I think is asinine, I was talking to my buddy Jake at work the other day, and he mentioned – trade in mantha because that is where you get your picks yeah but i think uh, but i don't think you can at this no. point because i think that's where he is now one of your staples yeah i mean mantha larkin bertuzzi zadina that's your and heronic there's your young fabry. there's your core and fabry because you're going to give money you're going to pay potential. fabry yeah but i just i like you said helm i'm taking a mid-round pick for maybe Glenn Denning, I guess the reason they didn't trade Glenn Denning because they, I guess Toronto for the past couple of years was kicking tires on Glenn Denning because Mike Babcock liked yeah, him. Yeah, Babcock. But Holland's ask was always a second round pick and wouldn't go any lower. Never going to happen. No. So I think for, for Luke Glenn Denning, you might get a third and a, and a C prospect or a third and a low B prospect. But again, I, Toronto, unless Holland really wants Luke Glenn Denning, Toronto's not really going to have any interest in him anymore. So I guess you got to see what teams are looking to fill a low depth role. And it's not going to be many currently that, that don't already have that role filled at a higher capacity. So even with someone like Darren Helm, like, like we said, sure, he's got wheels, but his hands kind of suck. He, and, and we found this out last week, he's the only plus player on the team right now. Which but, is incredible. To be yeah. Yeah. It, it's lucky. But it's, I guess, you and again, you're asking, what are you asking for Darren Helm? Like you said, a third, fourth round pick for Darren Helm? Like, 
you're not getting the picks you want. So so maybe you try and stock up on uh, mid-round picks and, and move them up a bit with a player to see if you can get something. But again, I'm not trading Anthony Mantha. I'm not trading Tyler Bertuzzi. And I mean, I'm saying I'm not trading them, but if a crazy offer came through, I'd, I'd have to consider it. Yeah, yeah nothing's but, off the table. But we're so bad. And, and if Iserman has this, what looks like three-year plan to get back into the playoffs, you can't trade your young guys like that because in three years, your Dylan Larkins are going to be in their prime. Your your Manthas are still going to be playing at a high pace. Fabry will be in his prime. And you can't, you just can't yeah, get rid I of saw, the talent. I saw something online and this kind of interests me a little bit. I don't remember who tweeted it out. Um, I, I don't think it was even a reputable source, but um, the Rangers seem to be having a bit of a goalie glut now with um, Shostorkin coming up. Uh, the Rangers have been wanting to come up for a long time, finally came up in the, from Hartford. And uh, Georgiev, I believe, is dealing with an injury right now. And then they have, uh, obviously, Hank, who's been there forever. And so they're not going to trade Lundqvist, but it, it brings you to the next point. Could they trade Georgiev? And he's been a decent backup. Um, could be a starter in the league going forward. So if you're the Red Wings and you're Steve Eisenman and you're trying to accelerate this rebuild a little bit, um, getting a goalie and somebody that can at least be a competent NHL even backup at this point would be perfect. So even if you could trade Athanasiu to the Rangers, say, for Georgiev, maybe Athanasiu in a second or a third to the Rangers for Georgiev, that would at least give you some stability going forward. Maybe you have... um, Bernier and Georgiev going forward for the next, you know, year and a half until you can see if Larson's good enough to come up or, or basically, you know, that kind of thing. I, I think personally, if the Red Wings are trying to, I mean, obviously you're not going to put this rebuild on, on full blast and just try to, you know, ex- expedite it as quickly as possible. But um, filling some holes, that is where you start to, to see the pieces come together and, a goaltender is is where I would start, and I think Georgiev is is a good option. Um, well, yeah. Other than that, I mean, Helm obviously could go. Glenn Denning could go. Um, you have. I wonder if a team would be interested in Valtteri Filppula just as a a depth piece. You know, a, a Stanley Cup contender looking for a third line center or fourth line center, um, maybe even a little bit of a power play piece. I wonder if he'd be in play. Um, I wonder if a team would be interested in Bernier as a backup goalie. I mean, uh, that's where it gets dangerous. That's where it gets there. dangerous, though, because Howie's gone next season and you don't mm-hmm. have a backup. What nope. if you trade for Georgiev and he's your starter? Okay, but then who's your backup? Bernier for another year. That's why you can't well, trade Bernier. Yeah, but you can sign a goalie in free agency, though. But over the summer. A free agent. Yeah, so and they have no one after that. Yeah, so it's what are you gonna go after Braden Holby? Uh, no, that's, that's in play. No, isn't it? no, not at yeah, the money he's gonna want for. Uh, and by the time that's you're uh, by the time you're contending, he's gonna be like thirty-seven. So yeah, it's yeah, Mike S- Smith situation. How old is he on. now? Thirty. Braden Holby. Yeah. So yeah, by the time 30, you're in like 30. Stanley Cup contention, he's gonna be like thirty-five. And that's if he was 27, I would say that would be a good, good move. If he, if he not. was 27, the caps would lock him up. So, I mean, you're, you got to look to, if you're trying to trade someone like, uh, 
uh, on D, if you're trying to cut defense, if you look at next season, uh, Mike Green is gone, Jonathan Erickson's gone, Trevor Daly's gone, Alex Biega's gone, Madison Bowie's in RFA, we hold his rights. So your returning defensemen are Philip Peronic and Patrick Nemeth. So that's two. You got to add Cider to that. That's three. Chalowski. Yeah, well, okay. So hopefully Chalowski, that's four. You need two more defensemen. And at that point, I have, unless you feel like Gustav Lindstrom can come up. Now, Tory Krug. From what I, well, I also heard Tory Krug going back to Boston. But if you look at what, what a lot of the Griffins people that I've seen are saying, is that they're not super impressed with the way Lindstrom has performed. But mm. Sean Horkoff says that he's been amazing, basically. He's been really good and solid. Now, he has not like produced next to no offense at all. But it, it, maybe that's not his game. But you got to figure you need two more defensemen next year because you, there's no way in hell you're re-signing any of the UFAs, and there, you might not even sign Madison Bowie. You might trade off his rights to someone, maybe. So, is he a guy that would be expendable at the deadline? Of course. To Bowie? Anyone, do like you th- I said. Do you think someone would be interested, though? Yeah, Potentially I mean, as a sixth. I mean, on a team that's better, I think he would thrive because he could strictly focus on his offensive ability like he was in Washington. And he'll be he'll be just fine. Yeah, you'd have to put yeah, him with he, a defensive was, guy. He was with one of the better teams in the NHL and couldn't crack the lineup. So I mean, well, that's because they had right. people that were better than him. I well, guess he's also gotten a little bit better because, like, like you, like we said on the podcast earlier, um, we don't know if he's good or not. He's very inconsistent. So if he can just flatline that just even a little bit more, you know, he could find himself as a sixth or a seventh defenseman for a Stanley Cup contending team or at least a playoff contending team. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you ship him off to a team like Toronto? No. You know, I mean, the, well, the Leafs now have Morgan Riley out for a long time. And I don't know if Rasmus Sandin is ready to come up for Toronto. I don't know. Does that he have far. two points tonight already? Oh, he is up. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, he, he's right. playing tonight. Well, he's on. But he's been out there, and I think he's they're destroying whoever they're playing tonight, six to one. Well, he's really good. So, I mean, but, but I mean, there are teams in the league that are, are looking for depth defensemen, and that's always one of the things at the deadline. But, I mean, if you trade him, who are you bringing up? You bring Insider up for a little bit? Well, they said that. For nine games. No, yeah, I, for nine games. No, and that's it. I'm burning the first year of Sider's contract, too, because with the way he's looked, and especially, this in, the world, yeah, especially in the World Juniors, I, I can't. I mean, you're going to get into mm. – you're going to want to get to that next contract discussion sooner rather than later. So I would burn the first year of his contract this year. I I can't, I can't convince myself of that. Why you, so you, I don't, huh? You, what you risk in that is getting to the point where he has just at 22 or 20, like 22 has a breakout year and you've got to pay him so much more money than you'd have to at, at 21. And him it's just already happening in. across the league, though. It is, but you you're trying to save yourself money going forward as as much as you can. So that could be the difference between paying uh, him five million dollars a season and eight million dollars a season. So I, I would. Mean, if they're only going to end up paying him eight mil a season. I'm pretty I'm, okay with that. I'm using those numbers as an example, but I mean it's a big difference between 
between two years of production going into contract talks. Now, if you think he's going to be the real deal, and if you think he's going to come in and make an impact quickly, you want to get to that contract discussion earlier rather than later, which I, why I'd be okay burning a year, because it doesn't affect his expansion draft eligibility. It doesn't affect anything except for contract discussions in the way Very that true. goes. So. And, and- I think the thing to take away from that point that you're making as well is Iserman has been very good. Look at his time at Tampa and getting contracts done that he needed to get done. So to your point there, I I could see that happening because I wouldn't really be too worried about what he tries to do from that point. Yeah, I I guess it's just for me, I want to, I want to streamline how, how they're going to work going forward. But I would honestly call a trade deadline after All Star break. I'm putting cider on the blue line. Someone can go, because I'll I'll let him play the Anything rest of the back season. There'll be better. I'll let him play the rest of the season. The way I saw, did you watch the, his last? It was either the last game or the game after any of his clips from the the game uh, in Grand Rapids, where oh his he, little spin move at the blue line. That I mean, yeah, he just walks the blue line and people get in front of him. He goes right around him. It, or he made that goalie look look silly by the goalies trying to play the puck behind the net. And he just rushes past him, grabs yes. it, and puts it in. It's just oh, beautiful. He's and, and you can tell he's too. And I don't want to say too good for that league, but he's come in as a rookie and just. I mean, it's his team, honestly, uh, defensive wise. So he's better than all of our defensemen right now, except for probably Heronic. And I have no problem playing him past the trade deadline if we get rid of a defenseman just playing him because there's no reason that we we should be playing half the people we are yeah I, I wouldn't be against it to be quite honest at this point i mean it can't get much fucking worse so you're right whatever they do i mean it, you know damn well it's going to put some butts in seats because they're going to want to come see him so there's your first little happiness factor and then other than that i mean it's just we can play the guessing game if if there are some trades made which i think there are going to be then we can flee pray that we get a maybe a like snippet of valeno or cider like we talked about maybe we get lindstrom up for a few games i hope a lot of these things happen because i think they deserve the time on the, on the ice and we know the end of the year is going to be rough anyways so yeah, that was that was in the Eiserman interview. He was asked if are we going to see any guys like Cider or Valeno up because of how they played at the World Juniors. And of course, Eiserman's not just going to come out and say yes. He's like, well, right. I haven't made any firm decisions, but it's a possibility. And him saying that, you know, it's like, yeah, you're you're going to see them before the end of the year, of course, because they want to see. Well, th- we've seen how they developed in Grand Rapids. Let's see what they can do at an NHL level and and what they need to work on and and how much further they need to go. But it's just, I think a physical, even in the in the aspect of a physical presence. And someone like Cider, because Cider will straight up destroy a person that right. we don't have on the team right now that you would hope to have in someone like Ablocator or you would hope to have in even like a Glenn Denning where you just get angry and chippy and, and hit people. They're not hitting. They're they're spinning away from checks. They're it's just no one wants to step up. And I mean, it looks like Cider is not afraid to lay people out and he can tow the blue line and he has amazing puck control like. I just watch him just take the puck and play keep away. He could play keep away for an hour from people. And it's it's just extremely impressive. And I think you, he'll get a shot this season. Um, and, and it'd be great, too, if it was post-deadline because the deadline's on 
February 24th, a Monday. Yep. And they've got some stiff competition to close out the year, to be quite honest. I like mean, the week after the deadline is New Jersey, Minnesota, and Ottawa. But then they go Colorado, Chicago, Tampa, Carolina, Washington. They close out the season. Their final 16 games are against teams that are currently in the playoffs. Yeah. And they're all teams that are going to be at fighting for their division. And, and I mean, teams are right now are barely fighting and we're getting stomped eight to two. So, so I mean, to that point, though, like you bring these guys in, they're going to be playing top competition. And that would be a perfect measuring stick to be like, all right, we have this, this and this to work on. And great. We have a summer to do it. Let's see where they're at. Come come camp and let's hit the ground running. It gives them, um, you know, the the kind of uh, like you just said, get, hitting the ground running, kind of, you know, getting the ball rolling on um, on their careers in the NHL, and the, just you know, kind of seeing what they got and uh, giving them a leg up on making the team next year. I mean, because like Greg said, there's there's not a whole lot of um, people under contract for for this coming year. So I mean, if you're going to make a statement and you're going to play in the NHL, I mean, you better show it. Uh, at this point in time and so why not bring him up and I mean burning the contract we can debate that here and there but like either way I'd like to see him up even if it's just for the nine games and uh, you know just see what it looks like because if you would have told me first of all that a kid that we had never heard of got drafted in the top five the top six in his case and ended up playing in the NHL that following year. We had never heard of this kid. He was not on a lot of people's radar. And when, when he was drafted, people, you know, we all know the story. He was booed or not booed, but like people were just like in shock, like who the fuck is this kid? And then exactly. So like two days later, we're like, Holy shit, this might be the steal of the draft. And not only was he possibly the steal of the draft, but he's going to be, he played, he's playing in grand Rapids, ended up playing in the world juniors and now could end up in the national hockey. It's unbelievable the the trajectory of this kid. So why not give him a chance? Why not give him an opportunity in the NHL to see what he's made of? And you know what? If he doesn't play that well, send him back down. Because that's yeah, what's going to happen yeah, anyway. He's going to end up playing in the playoffs with Grand Rapids. Yeah, and I think a lot of, I mean, Zadine will go back and play in the playoffs with Grand Rapids. So Grand Rapids doesn't have a pretty decent playoff team, but it's you're right to a, a point where see what they've got but i don't think i'd want to play them enough to get them discouraged because it's they've got to come up knowing that this team is terrible and that they're probably going to lose and just to play the best they can so it's that's the kind of i guess fine line between let's just play them a ton and only play them a little bit i agree i mean i think it's one of those things where if you bring him up you can play him I mean, on the third D pair, you can play him on the second D pair and just kind of see what it looks like. Give it a couple games, move him up, move him down. You could, I mean, this isn't one of those seasons where if he goes out there and makes mistakes, he can make mistakes. You can afford to lose games this year. You can afford to a couple turnovers here and there. You can it wouldn't be much that. worse than what's on it the ice right now. It wouldn't be much worse than what's on the ice. There's no way Cider coming up is worse than Alex Biega out there. No, no, no. And I'm or not Brian saying Marshall. it's I'm not saying it's worse. I'm saying that it could be bad still, but you could be ruining a, a kid's confidence or you could be ruining a kid's development 
I know that the product on the ice cannot be any worse than it currently is, but you can do more damage to players. Yeah, he doesn't I, I, strike me as that kind of kid, though, that's going to get his... I mean, if you see him with the puck, he's really calm. He's really... I mean, people say Lidstrom-esque. Um, it just... He strikes me as the type of kid that if he comes up and he struggles a little bit, he's not going to be all bent out of shape. He's not going to have some crazy um, lack of confidence. I don't think he's that type of kid. I really don't. And now I don't know him enough, but I've seen him play. And what I've seen is a kid that's calm with the puck. He's not crazy when he's under duress. He's good at reversing the puck. He's good defensively. I mean, why not give it a shot at this point? I mean, if anything, to sell tickets. But, like, at the end of the day, it would be something. It would be beneficial to see him, even if it's just the nine games. Yeah. I'm not saying don't play him at all. I'm saying there's probably a fine line between playing him to get a feel and then playing him to the point where he just kind of gets discouraged. Um, But I think that's where we're going to wrap up tonight's episode. And I want to get your final thoughts. And I think we'll start with Ryan. Final thoughts are wait. I mean, at this point, all we can do is wait it out. There's really not much else to do. Pray that these debacles and blowouts end. I, I don't see how that happens. Even with guys getting healthy, it doesn't make it any better. I mean, they desperately need a Matt, Mantha, Hathnessyu to come back, but it doesn't make them a winning team. So just hold on, drink founders, pray. <laughs> Wait for the trade deadline. <laughs> Wait for the deadline, and maybe we get some happiness with some of these prospects. I mean, the highlight is Giovanni Smith scoring, which we can only hope that he continues to do well, which I think he's been fantastic since he's been up, so good on him. Um, but man, we still got way too many games left. Yeah. So Twitter's already Ryan 33 cheers. And I'm going to go cry or something. (laughs) Tyler. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we've, I'm, you know, I'm going to end off on, on a different note than I've been ending off for the last like 10 podcasts with drink and drink and drink. I just would say, (laughs) well, you know what? I got to switch it up a little bit. So this time I'm going to switch it up. Find your Xbox, your PlayStation, your GameCube, whatever console you have. And if you love the Red Wings and you love hockey so much and you can't stand watching this team i don't blame you turn your xbox on go to the be a gm mode and just fucking play that and 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 make the red wings a contender again because it's not going to be for a while guys the red wings fired me so we're clear on that they what (laughs) i got fired nice (laughs) i tried making trades like get rid of bad contracts and then they still they didn't make the playoffs for two years in a row and they fired me and then i went to the kings and won a cup nice oh well there you go there you go well, uh, you know, I, I just, I personally, I, that, that would be my train of thought. If you can't watch these games, which I personally am sick to my stomach watching these games, but I have to do it. I have to watch these games. If I'm home, I'm, uh, it's on TV. It's, it's, it's hockey season. It's the Red Wings. Um, I'm not racing to my TV to watch the games like I used to. Um, but it's, it's terrible. But like I said, I would get your Xbox, your PlayStation, go play the be a GM mode, 
live in the past go watch some videos on youtube of datsuk dangling the joe going crazy i mean because it's gonna be a while guys i mean it's gonna it's gonna take some time and if you can't live through the pain then just uh find something else to do that still has to do with the red wings because we don't want want to lose fans here uh twitter is uh seal dog 91 i almost forgot guys (laughs) i was waiting for it every time i'm the edge of my seat when you say something uh, I'm just I'm just going to throw <laughs> I'm going to kind of echo and say wait for the trade deadline because I it, it could be quiet but I think Stevie's going to be able to do just a little bit enough to enough to at least make us hold out for summer to see what else is going to happen I guess for the proverbial other shoe to drop but uh, you can follow me online at bringing the wing you can follow the grindline podcast online at grindline pod uh founders is the official beer of the grindline podcast we hope to have some stuff with them soon uh we will have some really cool stuff coming up with upper deck um shout out to the people who we sent out cards to um they like what we're doing so we'll have some cool stuff around the draft with upper deck coming up you can check out our shop if you go to uh the grindline.redbubble.com uh, that's where all of our merch is right now, which the prices just went back down on. So all the sales support us keeping this thing alive and going. You can also go to howieshockeytape.com and when you purchase, use promo code GRINDLINE to get 10% off. Uh, we have also just recently gotten a promo code from Bring Hockey Back. So the guys, uh, you guys that like their products, their shirts and all their stuff that they make, if you use promo code GRINDLINE uh, with Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off. So, yeah, Their shirts are extremely comfortable, can confirm. I just bought, I mean, I had the, the Believe in the Iser Plan one, and then I also did their recent promotion of the Australia fundraiser for all the wildfires going on. So if you haven't done that, I would highly suggest it. They are very nice shirts that they sell. Yeah, so we got all that stuff going for us. They really do. But keep uh keep watching the games just to just to see what's going on. Don't hurt yourself too much, I guess. <laughs> but uh, like Tyler said, we don't want to lose any fans. So uh, that'll do it for us tonight. For Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town. <laughs>